Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Come on, bitch, bitch, bitch let's go. <laughs> So all hands on deck, all hands on deck. <laughs> I had to change the podcast I was going to drop today because all of this drama unfolded with yet again, the below deck series franchise, which obviously covers a few different things. There's below deck down under, below deck sailing, below deck Mediterranean, I mean, there's so many, right? And there's been a lot of problems with this franchise. It got me thinking, there's been this rumor about a Vanity Fair article coming out that nobody really knows what it's about. I was wondering myself, could could the Vanity Fair article be about this or maybe about all the scandals tied to the NBC lawsuit that's being spearheaded by Bethany Frankel? And, you know, it looks like maybe by Carol Rodziwell and uh, also NeNe Leakes is supposedly involved with it and a bunch of others. So anyway, it could be about that. But there's just been so many uh, problems that have been related to Bravo shows. Right. And finally, like Bethany Frankel said, this is NBC's day of reckoning or Bravo's day of reckoning. So anyway, when all of this came up. I decided I really wanted to talk about it. And I reached out to my dear friend, Stephen Pink, uh, out of the UK. He has a great show called Basically Amazing Podcast. And I really enjoy his take because he has an outlook, like he understands Spain, UK, Australia, like he gets that world. And I obviously understand the US world. And then he has access to people in the yachting industry, and I've had some experience with people in the yachting industry. I, I actually did a show with Adrian Gang, who's one of the OGs of Below Deck, who has her own podcast. So I thought it was a good collab to do this show with him, to bring in lots of different viewpoints as I take you guys through all the scandals of Below Deck. And there are quite a few. So now, uh, without further ado, with the blowing of the sea ship, <laughs> I will bring in oh, dear. my dear friend, Stephen Pink. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thank you. Hello, Dana. Long time. No speak. When, when, did, when did we last talk? What were we? What were we? Uh... It was Elton John. It was the Elton John that you had some people that had, you know, interactions with Elton John's man. (laughs) Yeah, the the, um, secret house in Stockwell, London. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's weird that we're talking about this because I think when we stopped recording, I told you about my friends that work in yachting. I've actually got about I've got a few friends that work in yachting because one of my best closest friends uh works in the industry and has actually got other people work from it um so it's quite weird but really what I end up doing is I end up talking about below deck and getting told maybe what we're watching on screen is absolutely not how it is in the industry if you know what I mean um 
none of them would go on the show. It's complete career suicide. Really? No, no, they wouldn't touch it whatsoever. And they've been approached. All of them have been individually approached before. Um, yeah. I bet they're so hot. Do you, <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, they they all yeah, they they are, they are, they are. They love what they do. You know, I think it's true. It's ingrained in you what you do. See what is it, sea legs? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's really hard to get sea legs, actually. I, I remember my father took me on a, a sailing trip in the Caribbean for three weeks, and I threw up, I think, for seven days straight. And then suddenly I woke up one day and I didn't feel sick anymore. It was so bizarre. You know, then I got sick when I got on land. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I think I think the last time I was on a boat, oh, this is so right, was actually in Australia. And it was when I went to swim with great white sharks and we had to go out on the boat. And I, wow. was like, be, I was like, I'll be fine. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do a really bad accent now, everybody. And they were like, hey, it's two hours on the boat. Are you sure you don't want a tablet? I was like, no, I'm going to be fine. 15 minutes in, give me a tablet. <laughs> Late <laughs> exactly. on the day, I, was like, me, I was like, give me a tablet. And they were like, do you want anything from the buffet? I was like, <laughs> you know, because we paid for the experience, but that was the last time I was on the. Okay. So here's what I wanted to talk to you about. So, you mm. know that there was a very controversial thing that happened on Below Deck Down Under, right? Um, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It came out on episode six and seven. It was just out this week. And basically the result of it were two cast members were found to be doing, uh, you know, essentially kind of like a sexual, I don't know, harassment, assault. I don't know how you'd look at it, but uh their names were Luke and Laura, not to be confused with Luke and Laura from General Hospital. <laughs> I've never watched, no, come on, I've never watched General Hospital. I, you need to, <laughs> come on, you need to at least say, was it Sunset Beach? Do you remember that failed one? I know. Brandy, I... Brandy Zex was in it. Yeah, oh, there we go. Jesus, Sorry. that's a flashback. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because um, I'm so young. I'm so young. <laughs> so, well, anyway, on a serious note, what happened was Luke Jones crawled into bed with a fellow. Margo. Yeah. Margot Sissons. Yeah. And I guess originally uh, he climbs on top of her in her bed and, and he doesn't realize the door is open and that production with the cameras can see him. And yeah. then he recognizes that the door is open because he's hammered. He's definitely hammered. No, um, he doesn't close the door. Production starts to talk to him. And yes. then he gets out of the bed and tries to shut the door on them. Right. So he's already, production have already stepped in and broke the fourth wall when they can see that he's got in bed with her and she's asleep. Right. And and initially yeah. he's like on top of her and then he pretends like he was just sleeping next to her. Yeah, it's all a bit of a fever dream. Yeah. And then production like, Luke, Luke, you can't do that. You can't do that. The other thing that ended up happening was Laura, right? Laura ends up climbing into bed with Adam Kodra. Just after she's been rubbing him up in the hot tub and she put her hands in his trunks. Right. And he had already yeah. said several times in confessionals, like, I don't have interest in her. I've told her that I just want to be friends and all this stuff. Yeah. And then she doesn't listen to him. She just keeps pursuing him really hard, even though he's already said basically no. And then she follows him into bed. And yeah. that's when production steps in again, right? She starts giving him a massage. So you can't really make 
this up that it all just happened at once and i think there's two, you can look at it in so many ways it was a lot to watch but in regards to with the below deck franchises franchises have you noticed we don't we have serious a lack of leaks we have a lack of what's going to come even from the trailer i had no idea i just knew that there was going to be an incident because i remember them asking in the trailer it was like open the door open the door and i think the only thing i noticed online before this aired was they'd identified that the person closing the door was luke because of the bucket hat so even then like the the chatter and the narrative around these shows and like i only really watch down under and mediterranean and the original below deck i don't watch sailing yacht and after hearing about that character gary i'm kind of glad of it but to then when you sit you know like we know we've if this was housewives me and you would probably know what's going to happen yeah we would have well heard. they've been okay so i want to address that um yeah. i'm going to play a sound bite from jeff lewis's show uh this was a show that he did with margaret from real housewives of new jersey margaret josephs and uh in it the publicist is caught talking uh to jeff lewis about the podcast and Jeff Lewis is like, I don't understand why you're here. And she was basically like, I uh, am here because I want to make sure Margaret's not going to say anything about the show. And so I'm here to monitor Margaret. And then she goes on and on about this strict protocol. Now that Bravo PR is going to be controlling essentially the narrative of what everybody talks about, you know, in any interviews. And, and, and then she talks obviously very specific to New Jersey because there's been some very specific drama related to that, but it still applies. I think to all of the Bravo shows right now, they're cracking down on anyone talking about the shows when it's not in season and not on uh, the storyline that Bravo wants to tell. I'm in good standing with you. I don't want to screw anything up. I promise I will adhere to your rules and boundaries. However, they have sent, and this has been a while, we have a Bravo Marshal here today. We do. Sarah, who is very cute, by the way. Sarah Page. Sarah Page, my favorite Bravo Marshal. Thank you. Now you work. You work I, for NBC. Well, I just want, yeah, I work for NBC Bravo. Okay. Okay. Um, in the communications team, but I do want to correct you. You said they're on a publicity freeze. They're not. They're on a social media ban and a podcast freeze. Okay, but we're not a podcast. We're a live show. Great. We're a live show. It doesn't no, apply. it's okay, it, 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 it's similar. It's a podcast. It's a, it's it's in the same vein, and they can they can do publicity. They can they've done publicity all season long. Okay, well if that's the case, I'm you know no disrespect. Right. Why are you here? Because I have to make sure the interview goes the way we want it to go. And is there is there I'm a certain be way interrupting you if you bring up the show? Fine. <laughs> so is there a certain thing? Are there certain specific things that you want me to avoid? The entire season of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, it, what's interesting about that? New Jersey is an absolute. It's going to be a bloodbath anyway, and I think. Uh, there's obviously those rumblings that have gone on around there. They're on a complete lockdown, I assume, as well. So then going back to the point, then, so we, I didn't know what was going to happen when I watched this episode six and this episode seven. And how did you feel at the end of episode six when you realised what we were watching? I'll ask you that first and then separately. Then what did you feel when you started to see the Laura stuff? <laughs> how did it genuinely, what, how were you feeling? Well, I mean, I have an unusual feeling about this 
franchise or these franchises that are linked as a whole. Okay. Um, I feel like there's been a lot of instances of racism. There's been lots of instances of sexual harassment, people saying that they were so drunk, they don't remember what they even did. So for me, I was like, well, here's another one, you know, add it to the list of, I don't know, like who's screening these people, right, for mental health and, and all these things. So I immediately went to a production standpoint about it. Where I was like, wow, they better step in because they're the ones doing the screening. There's the ones that are providing the alcohol and they're the ones like standing there. And in the past, they haven't injected themselves into situations that have been really ethically questionable. So it's about time that they do. So I'm going to play you what the captain said about all this now. Hi, everybody. I'm sure you're digesting episodes six and seven, as I am. I've had a flood of messages over the last 24 hours from people in similar situations, some not so lucky of the outcome, so my heart goes out to them. I'd like to thank the production team for breaking the fourth wall and stepping in, then reforming and allowing Asia to come to me in an authentic manner and us dealing with it as we would as captain and crew. I don't know what goes on. When crew go out, I'm not told. Um, If it's inadequate behaviour, you've seen that production would actually inform me. But unless a crew member complains of anything like Adam, I wouldn't know. And as soon as Aisha brought it to my attention, I addressed it straight away. So it's real. It's real time. And look, this happened over a year ago. And again, I'll stress the people involved are all hopefully on a better journey to better themselves. And uh, less hate, please. More love. But uh, let's send it home and know that this is not acceptable. Thank you very much. Okay, and now I'm going to play you what Aisha said now. Hello, everyone. How are we? Um, So obviously the episodes have come out now, and I know that everyone has got a lot of opinions and there's a lot of feelings and emotions and all these things coming up for a lot of people. I know obviously it was a lot for myself at the time as well, but I just wanted to take the opportunity to come on here and just remind everyone of the main message that was shown on the episode which is that women and actually everyone has the right to go out and have fun and feel safe and that is just the f***ing end of it there's no questions or ifs or buts or maybes that is just the end of it so please please just keep an eye on your friends keep an eye on each other Um, we just need to share the love keep an eye out all right so based on that i mean I really appreciated that they said what they said, but I also think that came from Bravo PR more than it came from them. Now, what do I mean by that? I believe that, yes, the captain wanted to say those things, and and so did Aisha. But what ended up happening is it had to go through Bravo PR for approval, and they carefully curated it on past messaging that was in the shows. And I'm going to prove that to you guys in a little bit. Uh, That's not to diminish what they said. I really appreciated it, but I did want to say that, that that's why I'm trying to explain that Bravo has a tight leash on people now. Okay. So I felt as a viewer, I was starting to feel sick. Like I actually was like, I feel kind of sick i think when you start to see that side of human behavior i th- and i think you're right they were it was lucky that production stepped in but also i th- and i will say this to aisha's credit 
Aisha because of the incident that's happened to her. Aisha because she has seen, and I will say men, she has seen men behave the way that Luke was behaving. She recognized that behavior from her own experience. I feel like she navigated that situation a lot differently than maybe somebody else would have. What I recognized when we watched this episode of Below Deck Down Under, and I think what made it actually play out a lot differently was because Aisha herself has been a victim of um, an, a sexual assault. Um, she recognized the, it, it obviously triggered, not just triggered her, but she, it also became a familiar scenario when she sees others in a situation that she was in previously. And when she sees men behave the way that they do around um, women like that. So because her spider sense came up, and it really kind of put the hairs up on her arm. And she could tell and knew that she was around someone that exhibited this kind of behavior. She became a bit mama bear. And I think the production crew greatly were helped. The fact, And unfortunately, because of her past trauma, well, actually, that made this move along a lot quicker and better than it think it ever would have on another franchise absolutely let me play you what she said on july 26th it was around this time 2019 this was in regards to chef matthew shea and the insults that he threw around that had to do with using the r word and all this right this was what she said about that at that time are you normally this open about this I remember like the, I was so apologetic to the detective and I kept like apologizing about thinking it was my fault and like I shouldn't have been that drunk and rah, rah, And she just kept saying, we all get wasted, but you have the right to feel safe to get that wasted and be able to make it home. So I think it's just important for women who are like put in that situation to not blame themselves. <laughs> Because you should be able to get wasted and, you know, go home without worrying about it. Each of you have one of these. It's basically a checklist. It's priority of what you should do. Rinse and board stairs, rinse and blend sliding door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're right, but I've said something stupid. Obviously a joke about shit all the time. She's such a lovely girl, isn't she? Like, the shitty things happen to her. Two have had to go through that sh- And then I'm like a f***ing dickhead making a joke about it. I can't even think about anything else. I just want to go and speak to her. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're bringing it all back to me now. It's heartbreaking to hear this. And then this kind of reinforces why, if you ask me, she is so she was so quick to act and recognize this but below deck seems to rely on the part of their narrative of their story has got to be the romance a romance a romance and for a while it looks like they've got they want to cast people that are able to settle down on the boat together and have either a functioning romance or a really dysfunctional romance or they want people who are who are promiscuous. Now, 
There's nothing wrong with being promiscuous. You can be promiscuous, but this is the difference. Are you promiscuous and you're having consensual um, and fun and interaction and respectful fun with other people? Or are you promiscuous and have a lack of boundaries? You have you exhibit predatory behavior. You ha- are unable to read social cues. You objectify people just like the real world. Yeah. Don't you think? It's an excellent point. So if you are a producer and again, we've had this problem kind of like on Love Island. But the thing is, they want to create the the drama with the guests up the top and part of the drama with the, the crew below. Are they really good at their job or are they terrible at their job? That's the other little what we, we what we see, which is kind of harmless. But then we get. How are they as a person and how do they work? Are they lazy? Are they feckless? Are they bone idle? The humor is we sit there and we go, how did they get this job? How did they get? That's the narrative we get spun in. How did they get this job? Are they any good at their job? Oh, they're really good at their job. They're really great. Oh, they're getting made um, this and that. The captain loves them. Yeah, but the question is, I think, a deeper question. So uh, first of all, I want to call out that she said the exact same statement this week that she said back in uh, Below Deck Mediterranean, which was when this all transpired, the the last clip. So if you listen to the two clips, the one that she released this week about episode six and seven, and then the one she said back in 2019 during this situation for uh, Below Deck Mediterranean, she's repeating it. And I think you're absolutely correct. I think if it had been someone else, it would have it could have been handled very differently. And and Bravo was lucky in that way. I, that's not to question that the captain wouldn't have done you know what he did because he seems to be of the right you know very professional executor. But you know I do wonder if it was like Kate Chastain, right? <laughs> Whether it would have been handled the same way. You I know, think, I think Kate Chastain would have would have hit him actually yeah i think i think it would have got physical i think it would have got violent i, I think you think have. well i I, yeah, don't... I think i i think she might have lost her absolutely lost her mind i don't know well i don't know either because uh you know what happened with kate chastain and carolyn badal right no no oh. which where, where are we going back to here okay so caroline badal was on below deck and Caroline had to quit the show because of mental health issues. Uh, but there was a big scene where Caroline is trying to get away from Kate. And Kate follows Caroline to her door oh, and starts screaming yeah. at her. And she's having a mental breakdown. And Kate's banging on the door saying the worst things I have ever heard anyone say that she has STDs and is screaming through the door horrific things, knowing that this person is having a mental breakdown, like a real one. Mm. And they're covering it on camera and no, there's no break. There's no fourth wall break there. They just let her do it. So it's really interesting now, because now you're saying this, because I, I obviously, I adore you. You are one of my main content creators. I love you too, And I always listen to the Watch What Crappens guys as well. And their feeling after they watched this 
was they said they experienced a recognition of guilt for what they've kind of watched and let go of before in all other below deck franchises. They said they sat there and realized that maybe stuff they've been seeing for years on these shows was not okay. You know, yeah, meaning they did things that weren't okay and showed it on television and then tried to make it play it off like it was okay drama to do, but it was questionable. Yeah. Because can I give you another one? Yeah, no, let, I think it's important to because it really builds the context for what because it is a bit of a different beast isn't it this show like i say what they're trying to create and the young people and they want it all sexy and hot and all this so yeah what's the next example of questionable behavior yeah well i'm just saying i i really this is where my headspace has come from so that's why i'm i want to share it with you so there was below deck sailing and there was a girl named ashley marty And she had sex with a guy named Gary King without his wanting to have sex with her. So what happened was she and him got really drunk. They had hooked up before and she said she was going to give him a massage and said, let's go down to your room and I'll give you a massage. But when she got in there, he was really drunk and she said, let's have sex instead of the massage. And he was like, uh, you know, I don't want to have sex or something like that. And she said, too late. I'm already on top of you. And then he said, get off. Like, I don't want to have sex. And he asked her to get off him. But it was like already too late. She was like, it's too late. I'm on you. Like, it was crazy. It was really, I mean, there's no other word. Now he then went on watch what happens live. And Andy Cohen said to him, do you think that you've been sexually assaulted? What? And he said, no, of course not. Uh, No problem. I got over it quick. No problem. But the fans weren't buying it because they said, listen, if this had been a girl in the exact same situation, that was clear cut rape. It would have been rape every day of the week. Like, if if a guy said, let me give you a massage and then said too late, I'm on, I'm inside you on yeah. camera. Like imagine what would have happened. So did they catch that interaction on camera and Mike or was it just Mike'd? I don't recall, but I, it was absolutely enough that the fans knew exactly what happened. And then isn't Gary the one that's come back in the last season that then has been in a love triangle again? And what makes it even more confusing is Gary King has also been allegedly called predatory and problematic. So he has been a victim of literally rape, but then also himself is showing this type of behavior to other crew members. So when Andy Cohen brings him on Watch What Happens Live and asks him, were you sexually assaulted? And I mean, what the hell is he supposed to say? to Andy Cohen. Now, I don't know if Andy Cohen is technically a producer, executive producer, or creator, or some other connection to Below Deck and its its offshoots, but I do know he talks about it in the press like it is, like it's something he created and somehow controls. So is it any surprise that this guy, Gary, says, no, uh, I never got sexually assaulted. What else is he going to say to his boss? I guess it's what, like Aisha said, it's 
I know her point is always using the words a girl should be able to get wasted and do whatever. Yeah, well, that's true. That is one side of it. You can be wasted. You can be passed out somewhere. You can get drunk. You can do whatever you want. It still does not give anyone the right to do anything untoward to you. And I think it's a really hard, sometimes patriarchal kind of thing to break down. So what do you think about Stu Laura Bilskelin and what happened with her doing the unwarranted massage that gets her fired? For example, with Laura's attitude, Laura's attitude is unfortunately, I don't want to get too deep here, but Laura is in herself become a misogynistic woman in her opinion of how other women should allow men to treat them. If she doesn't process things cognitively right, then yeah, I might be able to give it up. Oh, okay. She, she doesn't process information and human interaction correctly, but no, she literally has been conditioned that, that, that women are men, are allowed to be treated by men like that. And that a woman should be subservient to the male. You know, that has got nothing to do with your mental health, being crazy. That is how you have, that is a behavior, how you've been raised and that you instantly think that, oh, it's the woman's fault. I have heard women blame other women for being um, essayed and awed by men. She was asking for it. She goes out looking like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was the old way of thinking for sure. But I, I mean, it's, it's still a standard. It still is there. It is still there. Well, if it's still there, it's also still there that men, you know, don't oh, want to admit totally. they've been raped, you know, when they've been raped, really. I mean, that's bottom line. Like, yeah. if you say no and someone has sex with you, that's rape. Doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cut corner. I mean, it doesn't matter how inebriated you are. It doesn't no. matter if you meant it or you didn't mean it or it, it just is technically what it is. Uh, Andy yeah. Cohen, by the way, uh, is involved with uh, Below Deck, okay, because I found an article of him talking about how uh, he knew he was really excited about, uh, let me see if I can read you the thing it says here. Hold on a minute. It says, um, the fandom around anything and everything Below Deck is hardly a surprise to Andy Cohen. In a recent interview with Bravo Insider, the Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen host shared how he responded to the fact that people just can't get enough of all the high seas drama filled with wild guests and even wilder crews. Quote, I was like, get a bunch more boats in the water because I realized this could go on with different casts and different groups and different boats and as many places as we wanted to, he explained, as we wanted to. Mm. So Andy Cohen is involved with Below Deck, okay, on an uh, executive producer or something level. So try to yeah. explain to me how he's going to ask a question, like, have you been sexually assaulted on his show and expect that one of his cast members that would like to come back is going to answer that in any other way than what Andy Cohen wants him to answer it as, which is absolutely not, because otherwise they means they did something wrong. NBC did something wrong or Bravo did something wrong in covering it. Well, yeah, yeah. Like he, I, I'm sure that Gary came back for the next season. And I think this is part of it, isn't it? You are, if you tell you're something enough and, you know, may, you know, and in the case of this Gary, do, but it's, I find it really weird that he even asked that. Yeah, you're right, Dana. Why else would you ask that question on your show 
with unless you knew you were going to get a nice reply back from your cast member to reaffirm that they were okay with what you watched on screen. Absolutely. And that was Just, the role they did it for. That's why they did it. They did yeah. it because they were like, oh, oh, S-H-I-T. People recognized this as us showing rape on television as like an entertainment moment. Well, it's funny how he managed after what we watched this week that he managed to not even put up a black screen. What you might have watched on Below Deck Under tonight. He smiled and laughed the whole way through the episode with Sandra Bernhard. I mean, I I know. Amazing. Amazing that how he then was conveniently able to not reference to that, knowing that we as viewers would probably be hopping from Below Deck Under to come and watch him and watch what happens live. And he's left his show all happy, shiny and smiley with his PT. And oh, look at this, you know, no little dark screen at the end where we got to see the thing at the end. If you've been affected by any issues or anything at all. Absolutely. And, and let me give you another one. So while you're doing that, do you not find it amusing then that in the clip um, that you played, Aisha says what she says. The, I'm going to call him Scouse Guy. Scouse Guy um, says, I shouldn't have said that. I want to go see her. And he's talking to Joao, Joao, who was an arsehole on that charter. He was really problematic on that season, um, had a cut, and then he got a second chance, came back and redid his character. He acted really nicely and then got made a bosun somewhere. Dana, that's who in the mid-season trailer of Down Under is replacing Luke. They bring Joao back into onto the boat. Okay, so a guy that has already <laughs> been seen to have a problem. And guess who he's getting on with? He's Are you kidding with. me right now? No, guess who he gets it on with? He's getting it on with Margot. <gasps> oh my gosh. So the mid-season, yeah, you'll re-watch the mid-season trailer because we I watched it and then I saw the mid-season trailer and then I was like, they've brought Joao, uh, Joao on. I can't say his name, sorry. Joao. I was like, of all the people. And so it looks like the, the second half of the drama is now going to be that, you know, what I was saying earlier about the different narratives that they want is now let's look at the deck crew now and watch him come in and call out this person for being shit, this person for not being good, this person not putting away. Come on, now let's do him versus them, the lads. And now he's going to get it on with a girl. And I personally, I'm like, Okay, I could normally watch that if I hadn't just seen what I've seen. But now I'm like, it's just like uh, gerbils, gerbils in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Why do you think they're doing it? What do you think the agenda is there? Um. I don't know if it's, I personally, I don't know if it's logistics. I don't know if they just know it's going to be good TV. He knows the assignment. I don't know if they're like, well, he's not a, he's not a sexual predator. He's just, like I just said, belligerent, quite confrontational. He's not going to take any crap. And we're dealing a bit with a bit of a, um, a demotivated debt crew. So let's, let's whip this up because he's now going to take over really for that, for their stories. And Aisha and Jao, Joao, it shows a clip in the mid-season trailer where she says, I know me and you had our differences, but, you know, he's now, and I'm doing inverted commas now, he's a changed man. And when I say changed, he did his first charter, was very rude. He got a lot of crap. 
He then got a second chance. And this was all with Captain Sandy, by the way, who loves giving guys a second chance, by the way, if we know. Who's also, she's been under fire a lot. We'll talk about her in a minute. Um, and then she he came back and he did his redemption season. Yeah. And he was like, yes, Captain Sandy, three begs for Captain Sandy. And was really meek the second time he came back. Which was a good play for him because he carried on working in yachting. So, you know, because a few of them don't get to go back and work on any boats, you know? Well, I mean, let me just chime in with Margot's statement now, because I think yeah. it's just really interesting that they're bringing this, this person <laughs> on the boat, right? Um, the day after the episode aired, Sisson thanked fellow crewmate Aisha Scott, who intervened while she was passed out drunk. The way she recognized the vulnerability of the situation I was in and her courageous intervention on my behalf was both heroic and so admirable, Sisson wrote in a series of mostly expired Instagram stories. I thank the universe for her every day, as well as the producers who quickly stepped in. Scott, you have a heart of gold. I look up to you and will forever be grateful. Margot also shared a huge thank you to Captain Jason for his immediate response to the situation, leaving no room for any BS, she went on to say. There are, unfortunately, a lot of captains who would choose to sweep something like this under the rug. I'm grateful that Jason is not one of them. Thank you for repeatedly making me feel safe and supported. I wish every captain were just like you, sending you so much love right now. She also showed her support for Kodra, who unbeknownst to her was dealing with Balsklane's unwanted advances that same night. I was completely oblivious to what was going on between him and Laura, Sisson wrote, and I wish I could go back and be there for him more. Neither of us deserve this. Sisson addressed women affected by sexual assault, writing, please know that you are not alone and the blame does not belong on your shoulders. I understand that this episode was deeply triggering and un incredibly difficult for so many to watch, she continued. However, I believe it was vital to show because this issue is all too real and far too frequent. Perpetrators often escape accountability, and this is not okay. I was lucky to have Isha and the producers intervene, but I'm all too aware that many women have not and will not be so fortunate, and it makes me feel sick to my stomach. She also added that after the incident, her relationship with alcohol has changed. I think it's important for me to mention that I've done a lot of work on myself since filming, and my relationship with alcohol is pretty much non-existent now, she said in another story. When I see the show now, it's like I'm watching someone else, a complete stranger. Hang in there with me for the rest of the season and just know that I've grown so much since then, and I'm so proud of who I am today. And well, then you know she, why she's saying that because in the mid-season trailer, it starts showing that she's drink. She starts drinking on the job, and she's drinking. So she's covering her back there because the next narrative they're going to play with her now is that she's starting to drink on the job. Right, but I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you? I, I think <laughs> that uh, I mean, and there's so many issues with uh, that, right? Like, where's like, for example, let's just take it for when it is, okay? she's drinking on the job. Let's assume that it might have something to do with what happened following the drama of this incident, right? So two crew members get fired in her charter. Uh, she's now very conscious of the danger she was in. Yeah. Uh, she's already definitely abusing alcohol at this point. And it's, it, it's sort of celebrated on the below deck franchise. Who are we kidding here? 
right? I mean, come on. I I yeah. just, I, I you know, and then she goes and she starts abusing alcohol and they're going to make it a storyline. Like, I, I still think that's really effed up. No? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is because you know what they should have done? And I'll tell you this, which, which, what they should have done, production did step in. They could have kept this all off camera. They should have had someone, they should have had, because I know that they follow that, the boat with a production boat. They should have called someone out and had her have an hour a night with a therapist to talk to the off camera and then just sent her back on. They should have had a duty of care. Of course. Um, of and they, course. They, didn't, they, they didn't even need to have that on camera. And the fact that they were like, no, maybe we should just keep this raw and real. And obviously probably the real thing she's going to do now, she's going to start sipping this and doing this because she's trying to cope with what happened and at the moment, she, you know, you know, with PTSD and trauma, when you have something traumatic happen to you, you stay in what they call a survival mode for a period of time. Yeah? yeah, you are in you are in do mode. So she at the moment is thanking everybody for what happened. She's saying she's surrounded by love. She is got to go straight to work. She has no time to truly process what has happened to her. And as the dust starts to settle, we are now going to watch. So, yeah, I, yeah. And you do know that PR approves their statements, right? Yes. She didn't write that statement. Bravo wrote that statement. And, and also Bravo was the one who released this huge amount of press that says, oh, thank you, captain. And oh, my fellow counterparts, uh, you know, for, for saving me in this situation. Well, no, the individuals responded in a different way. Our, our chief stew and the captain, the fact that she's writing, Hey, stick with me. My relationship with alcohol has changed now. That's because she full on knows. Cause I know, I know spoilers here. I know there's at least another firing happening on that boat. For the full scoop, join the Dishing Drama Dana Patreon. The link is in this audio description. It's only $6 a month and you'll get the best information and tea about the things you care about and even the things you don't know you care about. What are you waiting for?